1: daily conversations with people in their safe spaces, their bubbles around the world. I'm Samuel Mann in Soyers Bay in Dunedin, and I am joined by Mawira Karatai in Vokatani. Kia ora, Kia ora, Sam. How's it
2: going today?
1: It's going really well. i i just swam too hard, though. Oh,
2: that's
1: the, not good. The training in the sea... Apparently, isn't that good a preparation for going faster than that in the pool? (laughs) That's okay. If I'm wiggling my left shoulder, it's because it's really sore.
2: That's not good at all.
1: No. So who have you found for us today?
2: Uh, Today it's my pleasure to introduce a very talented filmmaker, uh, screenplay writer, uh, and genuinely very good person, Mike Jonathan.
1: Um, who comes from Rotorua. Kia ora Mike. Kia ora, Thank you for joining us Mike. How was the time in the bubble for you?
3: Uh, time in the bubble for me was, um, wow, I still had to work. I work in the film and television industry in Rotorua. And you wouldn't think there is an industry like that in Rotorua, but there is. And um, I was uh, just lucky that I had uh, shot a few projects before lockdown started, and uh, by the time lockdown went down um, I had um, all these projects I just needed to, to start managing, so uh, I'm a bit of a jack of all trades uh, when it comes to television film industry, so I direct uh, programs, I shoot, uh, I can shoot and direct and eat it. And, um, do the whole thing from start to finish so that's the creative part and making the idea happen and then um the technical parts as well into delivering for um any broadcaster or broadcasting platform that that i um that i work with so yeah it was busy um I've so being being locked
1: arms. down locks you down with the entire production crew then
3: yeah well yeah just with myself and then you know having zoom and and skype and things like that is is always awesome to have on hand and so you're always in contact with people and and you're you're lying i mean you you're, you're saying to them that you know your your products in and so um, and you'll you'll get your product when uh, when we get out of lockdown so you know so um it's been pretty cool um i've got my wife with me um, she's from Indonesia and she's been in New Zealand for over 10 years now. Uh, we've got a little one, Hinekura, uh, she's 19 months old. Um, <clears throat> and also her mother who's uh, from, over from Jakarta, she's uh, been visiting and she was supposed to go back in June and, and because of the lockdown she's able to extend her stay. And then we ended up with this uh, Italian guy uh, here as well, Matteo Fabi, and a good friend of Chinzia's uh, uh, cohort in terms of uh, uh, photography um, for my wife. She's a professional photographer, and same as uh, Mateo as well. And so they've been working on projects before lockdown. And then he came back to Rotorua, uh two days before lockdown and um, just had to stay with us. And so that's been pretty cool. He, he makes some pretty cool uh, pasta dishes. That's what she <laughs>
1: Let's go straight to the first of your music choices. Let's have Etta James' At Last. Why'd you pick this one?
3: Uh, you know, it always reminds me of a time um, growing up. Uh, I grew up on Uh It's in the middle of the king country. Um, and um, that song always brings me back to the memories of my family. My uh, dad my sister. Uh, they're all, all gone, passed away. And so... Um, That song just brings back memories, and I love Ella James too, the struggle she's been through, and plus, um, you know, her, her music resonates with me.
1: So, what projects have you been able to work on? Are you able to tell us what you what you've got cooking?
5: Oh, yeah, I've
3: got a few things. You know, I always, always got projects on the go. Um, I work with a film collective in Montserrat called the Steambox Film Collective, and it's uh, made up with a number of Maori filmmakers. Um, so it's from writing to uh, directing, and even on the technical side, camera editing. And so we share um, our ideas together in order to bring projects to the forefront, and um, whether it's for TV or um, web, for the web or for the big screen for uh, cinema. And so we've always got stuff on and go. Um, we also arrange a film festival in Rotorua called the Rotorua Indigenous Film Festival, which is uh, every year. Uh, last year was in September, and this year we're going to have it in November. Um, was always our intention to have it in November and even though COVID's kind of delayed everything um, I think it's going to be it could be good for us and for the people of Otorua, Bay of Plenty, even New Zealand to um, see some amazing films at our film festival.
1: Have you found you're able to be productive? I I suppose you're, you're always working at home?
3: Yeah, always working at home, as you can see behind me, this is my man cave, uh, <laughs> just downstairs from, from the house. And always good to have a man cave. Um, You've got the beer fridge over there, that way, there And, um, you know, so um, I can just go into my little heavy space and, and start working. Um, currently, I'm um, finding footage for a Matariki series um, that's uh, gonna be playing out on Māori TV Um, in three weeks, and so that series is about uh, Matariki as a whole year rather than just the the time of the new year. Um, It's um, information and knowledge from Professor Rani Mataahoa and um, he explains it more comprehensive in a more comprehensive fashion rather than just for this time of the year, uh, June, July, when they usually celebrate Matariki. So yeah, yeah, that's really
1: cool. Did you already have the footage or are you finding other stuff?
3: Well, because we ended up uh, being in lockdown, we had to come up with a way of uh, still coming up with a product for Mighty TV to play out in June. Um, so um, I've worked on a lot of, a lot of TV series uh, in the past, well, I mean, 20, 25 years. So I just had to find um, footage from my library and um, another person's library and a, and a few other mates so I could I – could, um, get their footage and we use that footage uh in conjunction with uh, kind of like a masterclass style where we get professor Rangi just to just to sit there and talk straight to the camera um but you know in a in more in a more creative way and so the series is called beyond Matariki and uh actually it it, it releases in the first week of july
1: and you haven't all- had to resort to a talking beer fridge
3: Talking beer fridge? No, well, I always make sure the beer fridge is is full, and um, you know sometimes you need a bit of inspiration, uh, and you need it to come from somewhere. So a couple of beers is good. Hey, Jack, how you doing? Yeah, so um, yeah, uh, not, not too many drinking uh, days in uh, in the main cave.
0: Bubble
5: sprite of the forest of Oraku Nui, Dunedin's favourite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie. Kia ora koutou, koutou koutou. I hope you're all having the best day. Beautiful superstars in your beloved universes. And congratulations, every single one of you. I hope you all feel so proud and so happy and so jubilant and so released and so restored and so grateful and so full of admiration for yourself and everybody else in this Dream Team Supreme of 5 million who have worked so hard together to stay safe and care for one another so that here we are heading to level 1 the longed for, the longed anticipated level 1 at midnight tonight Kalu Kale, Hooray Hooray Yay 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 Here we go Aotearoa New Zealand How exciting So for me, I feel very excited to head back to level one and I'm really looking forward to being able to resume some of my normal activities in terms of my work and my music interacting with large groups of amazing people. I'm very excited about that and I'm very excited to be able to host my school groups and work with school groups again at Orokonui Eco Sanctuary and at nature areas of their choosing something obviously that has guided my life for the last 15 years and i'm so lucky to be able to do this work that means so much to me i have really loved our journey together through lockdown level three level two and now level one and of course i've been so grateful for this time in my beautiful mansion and around my beautiful mansion, my beautiful neighborhood it's really added to my appreciation and it's helped me to gain so many valuable skills that I want to keep using in my daily life in order to really make the most of what surrounds me. So something exciting happened for me today as well, which I thought we could talk about, and that I have finally learned after 11 years of working at Orokinoo Eco Sanctuary, how to use the till and work on the front desk, and this is something that I did when I worked at the aquarium in Portobello, But for me at Oro because my focus has previously always been our education program, I haven't had the opportunity to do this. And now I can. So I feel so happy about this because, of course, what that enables me to do is be even more flexible and supportive to the Dream Team Oro and also engage with the public in a way that I haven't had the opportunity to do before. It also really highlighted to me all the work that our central workers have been doing. Because of course today I had to spend a lot of time sanitising and cleaning and making way for the public. And I hadn't realised the amount of work that had gone into this. So I really feel so grateful to everyone out there who has been doing this incredibly hard work for the last several months. While many of us, myself included, have been working from home and haven't had to deal with any of it. So today for me was a real eye-opener, not only in terms of all of the infrastructure and logistics that go into running front of house at Otakunu Eco Sanctuary, but also into all the work that's been going on and all the businesses in Aotearoa, New Zealand, to keep people safe and healthy. So as I learned all these new skills today, I had a wonderful sense of rejuvenation and re-energised perception of my workplace and of myself and I hope that this is taking place for all of you. I was so blown away as I am every time I'm at Orokenoi by the beauty and the life that is abundant there and today I was able to really experience myself anew in that context by learning these new skills. And of course we know, whatever age we are, whatever time we are in our life, we now know that neurogenesis, growing new brain cells, making new pathways in our brain is always possible and we can always learn new skills. And I really am so grateful for this opportunity today and I'm going to continue this learning as much as I can to be the best support that I can. So I hope that all of you, as you return to this longed-for Level 1, are finding new ways to enjoy your life as you know it and new ways to really enjoy contributing all the unique gifts you've brought with you to this lucky world. And I'll look forward to talking to you next time. Thanks so much. Kakiti.
1: So is it a time of... While you're busily working on this, this project, is it also a time of planning what comes next?
3: Yeah, definitely. It's, it's all about planning what comes after the lockdown. And so um, I, I had quite a few projects that had to be put on hold, um, like everyone else. And, and it's, you know, uh, level two lockdown. Um, it's getting better for us to get out there and start working with people. I have a project with uh, Ngāti Whare. They're a small uh, community outside of the uh, Tūruwera Forest. And um, they have a native um, nursery, a uh, native tree nursery, um, which they'll be, um, will be I'll be looking at promoting. Um, and you know, um is their little settlement there. And they've been through a lot of ups and downs over the past 20, 30 years um, since... Um, since the uh, forestry was um, uh, taken away from them and um, they've been living in not very good conditions. And so now the nursery's uh, taken off and and, um, they also got support from the government. And um, I'm going to make a video for them. And um, yeah, just outline what they can do for the rest of the country.
1: Are you thinking that there's...
3: Yeah, yeah, really exciting.
1: Are you thinking that there's new stories to be told that are brewing in this COVID time?
3: Um, yeah, during COVID, you know, the, a lot of the thinking has changed. Um, it's, I think it's really cool that we have to think out of the, out of the box and um, start coming up with new ideas. Um, yeah, that's across the board. It's just like, oh, man, um, social distancing to, to uh, you know, I did a hammer to someone the other day, which is the throwing the, the kind of the, the hongi to another person this morning. And, you know, level two, they're still, they're still doing it. So um, it's pretty cool. Um, but it's just being aware of those things and um, just trying to make something something better out of it. Uh, what I did during lockdown was that we come up with a uh, myself the italian guy that's here with us and my wife um they were cooking uh, upstairs like amazing food my wife does really amazing uh, asian hay and um my does his, his pasta and stuff and i thought ah we should do a cooking show so i thought oh, i'll write a little two-page proposal to uh to someone, there. and um then i thought oh no i'll do it for free and we'll just put it on facebook but then um i flicked it to one of the commissioners at not tv and they said oh we we want it we actually want the show um and i went oh okay cool so they um so yep we were were to give them six episodes of um the show that we call our bubble kitchen and you can catch it online it's on facebook it has its own uh facebook page our bubble kitchen and um yeah that's just a real Um, Funky way of of cooking really easy to do dishes like um, My wife did um, Wontons in three different ways and so fried wontons um, steamed and wonton soup and then Matio made a parmigiana out of uh, eggplant and It's so good Uh, I'm a keto guy so I I don't eat too many carbs, but I've been doing lots of cheetah lately (laughs) <laughs> uh, through the um through the the time and um you know i don't regret it you know we're all in lockdown we're all going to be happy somehow and food's a good way to do it
1: so did you have to convert your kitchen to a studio yeah
3: yeah especially yeah just um clean the kitchen up just a little bit and still kind of <laughs> leave it um you know as natural as we could we've got um, on our stove we've got two knobs missing which you can see clearly in the in the video and um actually someone made comments of it on one of our posts and and they said oh we just love it how it's like it's everyone's kitchen and it's not like a flash kitchen and you know things like that so oh it makes people happy and and, and you know people have been been showing us their versions of the recipes that We've been posting as well so it's been really cool it's been awesome
1: so that's you not know, um, that's not designed authenticity that's actual authenticity
3: actual authenticity that's right and um, you know it's it's um it, it wasn't work that I needed like, like oh man there's a whole lot of work involved with making a, a little cooking show and um, you yeah, know to shoot it to, to direct it with two people that haven't been on TV before my wife and myself but they're, they're really good you know I think I did well with their training, so um, yeah, you can check it out. And does it's it have really the really good?
1: I love that show. And does it have the, the the This is the one I prepared earlier. All of those the sort of things that oh, all the
3: tricks I've worked on so many uh, cooking shows, um, you know, during my time on TV, and so I've just used all that knowledge to make it into a nice uh, seven to ten minute um, episode. Yeah.
1: Did you have any disasters?
3: Oh, there's always disasters. There's always disasters. But I, I, I don't I don't tell the presenters about it. I just take it down into my man cave, start editing. And, um, and then I'll tell them after it's aired, oh, yeah, you guys are so bad that day. <laughs> 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 Actually, yeah, yeah, I don't do that. Too. You guys are so bad. And Next time, just stick to the script do this, do that, and they just kept on talking about other things, and they kept talking about me, I said, oh, look, I'm not even in it, so stop talking about me. And so, um, but, you know, it's like, okay.
1: Cool. And yeah, Maori TV TV wanted it. Are they doing something with yeah.
3: it? Yep, yep, we're finished screening it as of last week, um, had its last episode, and then Tinsley um, and the Matua are going to continue just posting on the, on the Facebook site anyway so it's pretty cool I and mean, people want more i mean last week someone asked for well, chicken chow mein, how do you make it so junzi jumps on your phone and starts making her own
1: hoop series so it's, it's pretty cool so accidental tv stars
3: yeah might as well say yeah but you know it's it was um they've taken the initiative on, and um i said to them you know uh, I'll do the show, you guys look after the Facebook page itself, and you run it, you know. So, they're still running it.
1: So, are they now expecting red carpet treatment?
3: Oh, no, no there's no carpet at our house, mate, no, four, four So, uh, no, no, they're, they're pretty cool. They're pretty cool. Liesl Mitchell is a downtown dweller
0: urban explorer and conversationalist, observing city life in lockdown. Well, hello there, everybody out there in bubble land. It's Liesl here, and I hope you are having a great day. Uh, Today is the day that I feel like talking about neighborhoods. That's right, neighborhoods. Yeah, no, I, I actually had, as many of my conversations with you sp- are sparked by a conversation that I may have had previously or earlier in the day or the day before, um, this conversation also is sparked by a conversation I had the other day ab- about neighbourhoods, and um, I it, it began with me saying to someone, oh, I, I think we're neighbours, and they said to me, oh, are we? Okay, where, where do you live? And I sort of told him where I lived, and he said, oh, we're not neighbours, we're like ages away, like there's a whole street between us, and I said, oh, that, but we're in the same neighbourhood, like we're neighbours, aren't we? And then we had this, you know, kind of like fun debate about what a neighbourhood really was, and what were the parameters of a neighbourhood, and what does it mean to be neighbours, and all this kind of conversation, as you do when you're standing round in a kitchen talking about just whatever seems to pop into your head. Um, so I thought I'd bring it to this conversation because I I think neighbourhoods are really, they're an interesting concept and what do they mean to us and um, you know in the sort of present day and have they changed since we've done this sort of lockdown experience? I don't know. Um, one of the things for me because I'm living in the city and I'm effectively not really in any kind of neighbourhood, although I am in a part of town that does have a few sort of buildings with people living in them, apartments, flats, like, you know, converted old buildings that have been made into sort of accommodation now, so there are people around, so I guess there is a neighbourhood of sorts, but while lockdown was in level four, and i just moved into this neighbourhood of sorts, um... It felt like there was just nobody. You know, I, there was almost no traffic, and I I barely saw anybody out on the street. Didn't didn't hear anybody. It was quiet. Um, all these empty sort of office buildings and things around me. Uh, so it just didn't feel like it was a neighborhood at all. But weirdly, in saying that, as I'd go for my walks, these loops around the block, um, I'd often see the same people, which is not that weird because obviously there are a few of us doing the same thing. But in a way that's kind of how I started to get to know my neighborhood because I now have a friend. <laughs> well, maybe not a maybe not a friend, an acquaintance who we've run into each other on these walks and you know now it's hello and how's it going and we even exchanged names the other day and you know actually can say hi to each other with a little bit of background about who we are. Um, and I guess, in a way, a neighbourhood's whatever you want it to be, isn't it? Because you know, I, I'm living in a space that really is, you know, not a neighbourhood at all. It's it's more of a city centre. But for people that do live in neighbourhoods, do you know your neighbours? Like, what's your relationship with your neighbours? And I have talked to a couple of people that um, said to me over lockdown that the people that they sort of hung out with were their neighbours over the fence. They'd have chats. They didn't actually go into each other's spaces but they were able to talk to each other and said that they actually got to know some of their neighbours over lockdown period because everyone was home and you did actually see each other in the backyard sort of during the day because everyone was home and, um, and hanging out the washing. There they were. So rather than these lives that we live where it's quite hard to make friends with your neighbours I think when um, we're working we come home at night, it's dark, you're making tea, you're hanging out at home, you're just wanting to relax, Um, you're unlikely to really see your neighbours in those spaces. And then in the weekends often we um, have jobs to do, we're out and about, we're doing other things, we're catching up on all the bits of life that we can't do during the week when we're working. So I think that concept of the neighbourhood often comes from a sense of actually being present in your house, and a lot of us are not. Because we're so busy, we're often not in our houses um, I mean, in saying that, that that's obviously a generalisation Some people will spend a lot of time in their houses But I think we're, we're in general a very busy bunch And we tend to be out and about So, yeah, what, is, what does neighbourhood mean to you? And how do you foster it? How do you cultivate it? Do you want to know your neighbours? Um, and if you do, what does that look like? Hmm Has it changed since lockdown too? Right, that's my contribution to today's uh, delightful conversation and I'll talk to you soon. Take care.
1: It sounds like you're pretty busy, but the film and television community as a whole is, is doing it hard.
3: Yeah, yeah, I um my friends have been delayed on, on production. Um I had a friend on the uh Lord of the Rings series and he's they just like, you know, there's nothing else for him. Well I did tell him about the subsidy and so I think he's going for it, I'm not too sure. Um but um yeah, well my friends have been on hold for for a bit of a while, yeah. Um but I think um, you know, even they have to start thinking about you know, um, doing the work in a different way and, and um, yeah, just a, just reaching out to other people who are in the same sort of predicament and doing something about it. And there's, there's a few of my mates have, who, who have done that. You know, they made their own uh, lockdown shows or YouTube channels, um, which is cool. And um, but that's what you got to do. you got to just, you know, think of stuff to do and then just do it the stuff that you have I mean I'm lucky I've got my own gear I've got camera gear uh, here and you know all that technology drones uh, and editing equipment um, just at my house so uh, I was kind of set up for 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 this COVID time anyway
1: and you'd like to think that the creative industries could do what it says on the tin and be creative
3: yeah, well, um, you know, it's a little bit better now on Level 2 and, and productions are starting to take off again. Avatar's back on at the moment. I think I've got a lot of the American um, uh, associates in lockdown in New Zealand right now. So they'll lock down for two weeks and then start up with production again. Um, yeah, and other productions in Auckland are starting to take off as well. But, you know, working differently, um, social distancing, thing still, um, you know, there's a big um, um, work safe plan for people in the screen industry now to um, to read online and stuff and then uh, put that into their own working day. Um, every production from now on has to have a plan, you know, a COVID plan and into health and safety as well, and whether it's level two and, and level one. You know, and I, I think we'll carry on. I think after level one's finished and we're back to kind of normal, there will still have to be um, some some plans in place for viruses and germs and things like that. So yeah, that's interesting. Probably things we should have been doing in the first place.
2: What changes have you been, Mike? And what do you feel stay changed?
3: Um, uh i think it'll just be the uh, awareness of viruses and um you know uh diseases and stuff especially in in our sort of um industry you know the social distancing thing the washing of hands all those things will i think those will apply from now on um i mean it's it's things that you should be doing anyway Um, um good hygiene, things like that, um, and then on the other side of that is, um, you know, from a Māori perspective, um, you know, because most of my work is done um, with Māori communities, and so um, it's it's kind of protecting them as well, you know. Uh, when lockdown happened, um, I was supposed to go into Minginui and film with them, and then I actually got the inside word that that lockdown was going to happen uh, two days before it was going to be announced. And so I just initiated um, an email to Nazi Whare to say, look, um, this is happening. And I, I don't want to be the one to bring this virus into your community. they a small community, they have, they have 300, 400 people. And um, I just feel terrible if that if it happened, you know. So, I think being aware of those situations from now on um that will that will never change now you know and they'll be added into the people's health and safety plans um
1: yeah we've talked on another show about the watching the adverts on the tv and during the most intense bit of the lockdown, the adverts all seemed completely wrong. The, the stories about on them seemed wrong. They, you could tell the advert, you could tell the ads that were filmed pre-lockdown, because not only oh, yeah. were they, you know, being close to each other and ah touching each other, but the messages didn't seem right either. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. No, I saw that you know the first the first week, and it was actually the first time I, I put the TV on. Um, for a couple of years, even though I work in the industry, I have to watch TV. And so when I when I finally did, I got to see all these ads saying, Go out there, get your um McDonald's and stuff and I was like, What the hell? What is going on here? Um, but you know, I I, I do see the other side, you know, they've already bought the space, they had to play the ads out. But it was just telling a whole the, the wrong story, you know, and, and people could have been listening to those ads and going out there and buying Takeaways, you know, which 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 is bad. And so yeah, no, I, I just thought that was wrong, you know. Um, but at the same time, I knew that the, the broadcasters can't just take them off because they've already been paid for. Yeah.
1: There's been there's been some good takes recently. I like the what there was one from a soap company. I can't actually remember which soap company it was that said, "We don't care which soap you buy; just wash your hands."
3: Oh yeah. Yeah,
1: that's, that's smart. <laughs> do, so, so wider than adverts, do you think that the, the messages that people, the stories that people want to hear have changed?
3: Um, yeah, they will definitely change from now on. I mean, it's a bit hard for me at the moment because I've just been consumed by all the media stuff in the States and everything that's going on at the moment. And so that's kind of like <clears throat> put COVID on the sideline for me. Um, yeah. And, yeah, terrible things happening over there. Um, but, yeah, sorry, I lost your question again. So
1: Well, in that case, will the revolution be tele- televised?
3: Wow, that, that's what we're seeing. We're seeing a revolution being televised by people's phones. and now they're recording everything. And then, you know, because there's so many reports out there, you, you just, you don't know what's true. You, know, you don't want, don't know what's fake you don't know what's true it's just getting bombarded with all this stuff now um, I try not to watch too much of it um, but you know when, it, when you go on Facebook or something and there's something that comes up a report or something it's and it's by someone who's not a reporter you know and yeah it's' that's, getting that's pretty crazy so. I don't know. It's real crazy times right now. Um, I could have given you a better answer if, if, the, if I mean, Mr. Floyd didn't didn't die last week. So,
1: yeah. Well, let's take your second song choice. Let's take Bob Marley's redemption song. That's a bit of a yeah. redeemer. It is.
4: Fit. We've got to fulfill the book. Won't you hit to the sing? These songs of freedom Cause all I ever had. Redemption songs, all I ever had. Redemption songs. Songs of freedom. Songs of freedom.
1: Is it getting harder to make film and television with everybody's got a pretty high grade camera in their pocket?
3: Oh, I think there's a good question for, for the next one. Yeah, because you know I'm seeing lots of content out there. I think that's a, that's the future. Is making content, and um, a lot of people out there are doing it now. Um, you know, everyone's got their own page and they're posting it out there for people to in, inviting people there to go to their page, and all of a sudden, everyone's a guru at something. And um, they got something to say. You know, I, I think it's a cool thing at the moment. Um, I, I think as time goes on, uh, post COVID, you know, you, you'll get to see the ones that the mainstays, and they'll um, they might go onto something like TV, or you know, they might start getting paid for what they do.
1: Do you think it increases the the desire of people to? to get into film or television, to, you know, the kids can see that this is a thing that they might like?
3: Yeah, well, you know, everyone has a voice. So, how do you get your voice out there? Um, you jump on some sort of social media. You record yourself on your phone. Um, you tell people your opinion on, on what you think about issues and things, or, um, or you might be... Uh, Someone who does yoga, um, yoga or something I was going to say yoga, or you might do yoga. <laughs> you might do yoga, voices. And so that that might just take off, and all of a sudden you get a hundred thousand followers. You know, um, TikTok's uh, a huge medium for for that sort of um, you know um, being broadcast broadcasted out worldwide. You know. Um, You can have a silly little video that gets thousands and thousands of views and likes, Um, and it's more often now than than what you'd get from Facebook or or Instagram. So, yeah, a lot of people are turning to TikTok for those sorts of things. And if you haven't been on it, don't go on it. It's addictive. (laughs) I'm using a reverse psychology.
1: So we have some questions to end with. What's the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years?
3: Um, biggest success is having my daughter, um, 19 months, beautiful little girl. And um, she's a joy to me. And um, week-wise, uh, I'm working on a feature film. That's the feature films about Māori um, land wars. And so uh, everything goes well over the next few months we may see that come to fruition. What's it called? Uh, it's, at the moment it's called Struggle Without End or fight 20 which is, means to fight forever. And it's based on the, the Battle of Wārāka, and uh, if you don't know what that is, it was the battle where they made two films about Dewe Money portal and they called it Lewe's Last End. So uh, it's not a remake of that, because uh, it was made by someone who just totally screwed up that story. And um, but we're we're looking to make it from a Māori um, perspective and all in Te Māori, and it's going to be for the Sims. So, awesome. Yeah. It's and when, been, when will uh, it be out?
1: Do you say a couple of months?
3: Well, no, no, we haven't we haven't got the uh, full okay yet from the New Zealand Film Commission, but we're hoping for that. Um, in the next two months Okay. So once, once we go into pre-production and then we start making the film next year, early next
1: year so filming through summer yeah.
3: filming through summer, yeah so, um, so it's been three, nearly four years uh, in the making
1: do you find that you have to you have to dream big but also be patient and persistent
3: oh yeah, yeah, yeah the, Definitely do all that. So dream big. Uh, I'm am a patient person anyway, and so because I've got all these other things I'm kind of involved in as well, I just keep tapping away at these things, and they just start to grow up, and we just, and we make them, and then we deliver them, and then the next one rolls in, and so um, yeah, that's what i have been doing for the for the past 15 years. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. So. So we're writing a book of these conversations. It's called Tomorrow's Heroes. The team of the team of people doing good work. So you're in our superhero mansion. What's the superpower that got you there?
3: Well, it's um, probably what I mentioned before: patience. <laughs> it's just you know making sure you have a plan, and then patience, and then if you fail, then you have to make another plan, and then keep going. And then keep going, and keep going, and then one day you'll get. I mean, it's so cliche, but um, but that's exactly
1: how it rolls. Yeah. Do you consider yourself to be an activist? Um, No, I'm not an
3: activist because you know I'd I'd be out there. You know me by now. Yeah, I'll be out there with my flag. Um, But you know, I'm I'm being an activist, kind of like on a subliminal level, you know, when I make my, my programs, um, I make hunting shows, I make, um, shows about booking shows, and they all have a little something in there in terms of, like, making sure that, um, for us as Māori and, and us as New Zealanders, we're, we're all in this together, so that's what I'm about.
1: And even when, even when you, as you say, even when you're making cooking shows, and they're not, they're not silly. That you've got a message behind them.
3: Oh yes, yeah, always a message behind them. You know, it's, it's to make people happy. Uh, <clears throat> that's to inform the masses. They were making this uh, Parmigiano or lasagna or something, <laughs> and um, if they make it and they love it, then they're happy. And there's something like uh, I do this, cooking, um, this hunting show as well, it's the same thing, we just make, go out there, we go hunt with the people, and by the time we leave, we're all happy. And that's the key to life, and if you can hear that banging upstairs, it's my daughter, she's just woken up. Okay, we're
1: nearly <laughs> done. <laughs> So what motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning?
3: Uh, What motivates me? Um, What motivates me is just um, being Māori motivates me. Um, And being Māori in a modern world, that motivates me too. And what I mean by that is that I can I, I can do what anyone else can do. So I can travel the world and make documentaries on amazing things, and still be myself, and still be Māori, still be a New Zealander. Um, yeah, I have, um, and I'm open to that. You know, when it comes to speaking at I, I I still can't speak it. Um, I not but um, but I will. I will be soon. I'll be as much as I can. Um, especially if a film goes through, then because that's 95% real Maori, and then I just need to upskill my, my level of real and make sure that I can be I can direct from a place uh, from their perspective and from my actors' perspectives as well and be able to reply back to them in the real. So um, yeah that's that's one of my goals and that also inspires me. But um, that all inspires me because, um, you know, it's people who are fighting for what was theirs. And they were, you know, were people were murdered. And, and it's a story that should be known out there. So <clears throat> that's my thing. My thing is to bring these stories back. And so people just know. I'm not saying give it a land back. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying this is what's happened. And just for you guys to know. It is and, and as much truth as possible.
1: So, lastly, do you have any advice for our listeners?
3: Yeah, well, if you're stuck in COVID and you're bored, um, and I know a lot of people have been, just yeah, start making a YouTube page or something and, and get out there and do it. If you want to be out like working in, in the industry. Um, you know Kiwis are the best people to, to get into the industry with um, you know you may get um, a few rejections here and there but if you just keep going um, you're so cliche. so cliche that's true so cliche.
1: Yeah. any last thoughts Mawera
2: Yes, um, Mike, you have motivated me to get back on with my same play that we've been talking about for the last 10 years. <laughs> so, <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> it, um, and, and thank you for being such an inspiration for that. And, um, and it just reminds me, it's, it's not that difficult, is it? And we're so lucky in this tree that everybody knows someone who's in this industry, and it's an accessible industry for all of us.
3: Yeah, well, you know, everything's accessible. We just have to to try. And um, if you really want it, you just have to, you know, show you how passionate you are about that sort of thing. And, you know, I've been passionate since day one. I've got rejected left, right, and centre. Um, but I just always knew just keep going, just keep going. And one day, your story will be told.
1: Thank you. You've been listening to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. Brought to you by the Sustainable Lens Team, which is brought to you by Otago Polytechnic. We're broadcast on Otago Access Radio every weekday afternoon at three and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz. You can find us on Facebook too. While you're there, you should look up, our bubble kitchen? That's it. We've had contributions from Tahu Mackenzie and Liesel Mitchell. I'm Samuel Mann in Soyers Bay, Dunedin, with Mawera Karatai in Fakatani, and Mike Jonathan in Rotorua. We hope you enjoyed the show.
0: This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin, with support from New
2: Zealand On The Air.